0: Hello again, Fight Fans, and welcome to episode 306 of the Neutral Corner Boxing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Montero, for The Ring Magazine, ringtv.com, and The Ring Digital YouTube channel, where you are watching me live right now. Uh, Reminder, guys, the new issue of The Ring, dedicated to the great Larry Holmes, one of the best heavyweights of all time, is out in stores and available And obviously, you can buy that online, too. You guys should check out the Ring Store. There's all sorts of uh, old magazines and and gear and stuff like that that you can pick up there. So uh, look for that. Uh, TNC 306 for the week of March 26th. Uh, Man, we are almost through March already. Craziness. And the schedule is going to heat up real soon, guys. April is going to be absolutely loaded. Kicking it off, um, really ending this month and preparing for April with a loaded weekend. Full of fights, lots of stuff to cover. So uh, I got a lot to review, a lot to preview. Um, We're not going to have phone lines on this show, okay? Because we have two different interviews that we're going to do, and um, I want to make sure that I get through everything. So if I can get through everything within a certain amount of time, I'll open up the phone lines so we can take some phone calls. But I want to get through these interviews, and I want to preview a show that we have here in Atlanta. I want to share my screen uh, real quick. Uh, the Underground Showdown 6 is happening this Saturday in Atlanta, and I will be doing the commentary, ringside commentary, for the live stream on the WBC Live channel. I have told you guys about this channel before. Um, it's it, it's great because you, you can watch fights from all over the world for free. All you have to do is go to the WBC Live channel website. It's wbc.vivetv.network. And you could go there and all you got to do is create a user word and a, and a password and boom you're in and you have access and there's all sorts of great shows on there including this show the neutral corner is broadcast on this channel uh when i do the friday wrap up it's on there as well and a lot of other great boxing podcasts are on the channel but you guys can check out some fights as well uh those of you who followed my journey you saw when i i fought uh, in that charity event last september dedicated to my brother that was broadcast on the WBC live channel. It was pretty cool. So I will be doing the live uh, commentary for that show. And that show is going to be headlined by uh, heavyweight, undefeated heavyweight from Belarus originally. He now fights out of Florida, Sergei Novakow. I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. We'll find out in a second because he's going to join us and talk to us. But uh, big power-punching heavyweight. His record so far is 9-0. and oh. All nine wins coming by knockout. And as I said, he will be in the main event of this uh, fight card. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a Buckhead Fight Club uh, put on by Terry Moss, who is a great promoter here in Atlanta. I think she's the premier promoter in all of Georgia, if not the Southeast right now, uh, doing some really, really great things. Pro shows, amateur shows, and college shows. By the way, we just had the National College Boxing Championships here in atlanta last weekend how cool is that uh it was great to see young kids in college uh taking up boxing as a hobby and we saw um we had some friends fight in the nationals there including several of terry moss's fighters from buckhead fight club so uh let's jump right into this man Uh, i'm gonna we're gonna bring Sergey uh on the on the chat here and talk to him about his fight coming up and some other things if you guys want if you have any questions get in on the chat if you're just joining. Uh, no phones today because we have a loaded show. A lot to review, preview, and two interviews for you guys as we preview uh, the show coming up in Atlanta this weekend. So let's bring Sergei on now. Let's see. Uh... Sergey. hello. Can you hear me? Hello. Hey,
1: hello, hello. I'm here with my coach. It's Shota. Oh,
0: okay. I'm going to have to
1: translate if it's
0: Okay, great, great. That's good. Um, Can Yes, I can hear you guys good. I hear some music, but it's okay. It's it's very low, so we're good. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you both of you for being on the show. Uh, I want to ask Thank you. Thank I want to ask Sergey um and, and hopefully I'm saying is it Sergey Novakov or am I pronouncing it wrong?
1: Yeah, it's uh, you pronounce uh, correct, you know. It's oh, cool. Novikov.
0: Perfect. Okay, great. Yeah. I want to okay. ask you um how old were you when you got to boxing, and uh, what brought you to the sport? And how old were you when you started training? How long have you been boxing?
1: Um, I was ten uh, year old uh, when I started uh, boxing in Minsk. Um, uh, first time try, uh, you know, few different sports, you know, like uh, ice hockey, football. But uh, I live in a rough uh, neighborhoods, and uh, Mm -hmm. I choose boxing because boxing helped me, uh, like, uh, take self-defense, you know, it's uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) more important.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it helps more than football in that kind of neighborhood, right? Um, Well, I want to ask, I saw you fight in Atlanta last year. You fought five times in 2021. You were very, very busy. How many times do you think you'll fight in 2022? uh-oh are we uh, losing can you uh, hear can, me can
1: you hear the questions because it's uh not here it's breaking oh yeah up. It's,
0: it's breaking up i i saw it. you, f- yeah, you yeah. fought five five times in 2021 how many times would you like to fight in 2022 mm. oh
1: Yeah, um I plan to be uh, active in uh, this year too you know I don't know exactly numbers so how many fights I can make maybe five maybe six you know but uh, uh, I'm planning make uh, my record uh, it's improve uh, my record and my rating you know it's uh important for me right now
0: what is Basically, the goal. what he's
1: saying is most important for him is to uh
2: to uh, rate quality fights than uh, rather just uh, some quantity of 7 or 8 fights we want to fight this year whether it's 5 or 6 we don't know exactly but we're going to fight tough opponents so we can go to uh, higher rankings that's what the uh, main goal is
0: you want to step up the level of opposition because last year the level of opposition was at the bottom level you want to step that up this year correct Mm.
1: yeah
2: Yes, this yeah. year will be different. This year, as you see, Sean Miller already is, uh, you know, um, good, uh, good fighter, and mm-hmm. we are looking for a good fight for that. So, what
0: are, what are your goals in boxing as a professional fighter? what What goals do you have?
1: Um, of course, I have a goal: uh, being a world champion. You know, maybe. Um, in a few years uh, i can uh, fight in a champion belt Mm. it's my main goal you know be a champion world champion
0: and you're based in miami florida now correct is that where you train
1: yeah yeah
0: okay how long in
1: florida it's like around five years
0: five years okay that's what i was gonna ask how long yeah, why Florida? Moving from Belarus to the United States, did you know people in Florida or is it because it's warm and you could train all year long? Why Why did you choose uh, Florida?
1: Why I choose Florida, you ask, yeah?
0: Yes. It's
1: breaking up a little bit. Yeah, breaking up a little bit. Um. Uh-huh you know it's uh, more opportunity for sports uh, in the us uh, have a more opportunity for sports uh, in florida it's a good place for training every uh, day you know it's uh, yeah. every uh, here it's uh, summer every day you know it's you can training outside inside and uh, it's perfect place for preparation you know for fight and uh, I think it's the best place in the world for uh sportsmen <laughs> i like this place
0: it's beautiful it's very beautiful um how often do you get back to belarus how often do you go back home and visit do you still have family over there that you visit
1: um I not really often uh, go to Belarus. Uh, I was uh, only one time. I visiting my uh, father uh, because I have only my father in Belarus. He still live there.
0: Okay. So, well, I, uh, he's
2: been here for five years, and yeah. he was last time he was there last summertime last year. Yeah.
0: Okay. I wanted to get your but, your uh, thoughts. You planning to
2: I'm go to the uh,
0: what what? i I just i'm sorry there's a delay i wanted to get your thoughts on the situation right now in ukraine and you coming from belarus of course you're right next to ukraine russia that whole area uh what are your thoughts on that situation and how is it affecting people in belarus
1: uh you know i am uh, deeply sad uh what's happening in ukraine um um it's a big crisis, you know, for our region. Uh, but uh, I support the Ukrainian people. It's a very hard time now there, you know. And um, I don't know uh, how it's actually for in you know, Belarus because uh, I really live uh, right now here and mm. uh, I don't know uh, what exactly happened there right now.
0: Now, one last question, because uh, he,
1: he doesn't know how Belarus is affected, yeah. but, uh,
2: but he supports the Ukrainian people.
0: Right. Uh, I know, that's a tough question. It's, it's, it's hard to uh, answer what's going on right now. Um, I just want to ask, what can fans expect from you Saturday night in the ring? How would you describe your style and what can fans expect to see Saturday night when you fight here in Atlanta?
2: Как, как uh, you know uh, I have
1: a, uh, a good record like uh nine win and uh, all wins it's KO. Uh I think uh, our fans can expect a good fight uh, because I have a experienced opponent it's uh, will be excited fight you know
0: All right, sir. Thank you very, very much, and I will see you Saturday night. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, thank you. Okay, ciao. Bye, bye. There he goes. Uh, I see a couple of you in the chat asking. Yes, yeah, Sergei uh, Novakov is a undefeated heavyweight from Belarus. Now fights out of Miami, Florida, and he's nine and zero with nine knock- knockouts. He's going to be headlining a show here in Atlanta this Saturday, which I will be doing the ringside commentary for the live stream. You guys could check it out on the WBC live channel. It's the underground showdown six. So that's the series that uh, Terry Moss does Uh, sometimes out of her gym, the Buckhead fight club, and sometimes in other locations around town. Uh, As I mentioned before, Terry does pro shows, amateur shows, and college shows. This is one of her pro shows. She does this series, the underground showdown, and, uh, Sergei will be in the main event. He's stepping up a little bit. This will be his most experienced opponent to date. He fought five times last year. So I think last year they were just trying to get busy and get rounds in. He's got a pretty good amateur record. He fought some top amateurs, uh, before coming to the United States five years ago, based out of Miami, tall guy, I think he's like six, five, uh, maybe six, he's, six. He's a tall heavyweight, tall, long, your, your prototypical 21st century heavyweight in terms of how he's built, and I'll be headlining that show. So if you guys wanna watch for free, again, it's free, okay? And I know there's lots of fights this weekend, but uh, this will be a great appetizer for some of the other shows that go on super duper duper late. Just go to the WBC Live Channel, just Google WBC Live Channel, and the, the website will pop up. Uh, just for those of you watching right now, if you wanna know, the website is wbc.vive.tv. That's Vive TV dot network. And, uh, you guys can, can go to their site and all you got to do is create a username and a password and you're registered and it literally takes like 10 seconds and you have access to all their stuff. So they don't just uh, put on fights, but they do put on fight cards all over the world. And I've been uh, very, very fortunate and blessed to do commentary for several of their events. Uh, but also recently we had a, a great panel discussion with, uh, the Ali family And several folks that were uh, part of uh, the latest documentary that I think was on PBS about Muhammad Ali. And it wasn't about his life. It was specifically about his funeral in his hometown in Louisville. So we had the mayor of Louisville, the producer, director of the film, um, Ali's daughter, Ali's grandson. You may have heard of him, Nico Ali Walsh. (laughs) We had this great panel discussion. And that was on WBC Live channel. And then um, they have they have all kinds of shows, including this show. They, so so this show, um, every Monday, you guys know, we're here on Ring Ring TV's uh, YouTube channel. But then throughout the week, it gets replayed. The show gets replayed on the WBC Live channel. And they have a bunch of other stuff, um, a bunch of other podcasts and stuff from uh, guys that you'll recognize out there in the boxing world. So uh, make sure that you check them out, man. If you are a diehard fight fan, which if you're listening to the show, you are admit it. You're a degenerate just like me. You should be registered over on that site. It's free. They don't send you a bunch of spam or anything like that. You could just go to their site and watch some pretty cool stuff. All right, including the fights this weekend. You could hear your boy calling the action, uh which is always a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy doing that, and um, we should have a, a nice card this Saturday. So. If you're just getting on the show, all right, I don't have phone lines open because we have a stacked show today. I have a ton of stuff to review and preview. Uh, So we just had an interview with Sergei Novakow, heavyweight out of Belarus. We're going to have Kenny Porter on the show later, probably in about 30 minutes. He's actually got two of his guys sparring right now. Talked to him earlier today. Uh, They're out in uh, Vegas, I do believe. And they're sparring right now, so they should be wrapping up soon. He has two young fighters that are going to be on the show. He's still training, guys. Uh, one of the fighters is out of the Dominican Republic originally, and one is from right here in Georgia. They're going to be fighting on the show. We'll see them fight this Saturday. One is 4-0, three knockouts. One is 3-0, two knockouts. So two young guys early in their career. All right, let's let's uh, let's jump on to this Um uh, to this review because we got a ton of stuff to cover all right and then um we'll get as far as we can into this before kenny jumps on hopefully kenny's not too late because like i said he's sparring and you know how you have a schedule for sparring it always goes over i actually sparred yesterday it was my first time in six months so we we got on some great work uh yesterday uh me and uh two other heavyweights that are going to be fighting on uh, another charity event here in town in may and uh, I told my wife, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be home by one o'clock. Eh, I got home a little bit after two. That's just how it goes, man. Cause you get in there and you're like, yo, one more. Okay. Okay. One more. You know, and that's just, that's just how it goes. Anyway. Uh, okay. Last weekend, Saturday, March 19th. We had a bunch of fights all over the world. Let's start in Japan, in Kyoto. Uh, Kenshiro Taraji's hometown of Kyoto. He, he avenged the only loss of his career KO three win over Masimishi Yabuki to win back his WBC junior flyweight title. Of course, the first fight was last September. That was, uh, I think, the eighth defense for Taraji, so he was a long-time title holder, gets his title back. He is – I know he just had a knockout loss in September, but Taraji is perhaps the best fighter in that division, certainly top two or three, even though he just had a loss – He avenged that loss and did it in style. You guys who follow me on Twitter, you saw the uh, little video clip that I tweeted out of the knockout. Pretty stuff. This guy has craft. If you haven't seen him fight, some of those little Japanese fighters are some of the most entertaining fighters in the sport. If you're not checking out those fights, and I get it, they're hard to find sometimes. But if you can find them on YouTube and stuff, I'm telling you guys, if you're not watching that stuff, you're missing out. All right, let's go to Dubai, which seems to have more and more action recently. Although, not many fans in the seats for these cards. I think this is all, uh, you know, casino buy ins and stuff like that. Uh, corporate money seems to be funding these shows. I don't know. Richard Schaefer's Pro Bellum Promotions put on uh, a show at the duty free tennis stadium in Dubai. Uh, this was a, a decent show with uh, a couple of interesting fights. Kind of showcase fights, especially one of them, but uh, showcasing two good fighters who are among the best in their division. So uh, Regis Progray, TKO6 win over Tyrone McKenna, who has been beat a couple times, but has never been stopped. Not an elite-level fighter by any means, but this was a statement from Progray to go there and stop this guy. We all thought Progray was going to win, right? But for him to stop him the way he did shows Progray's level. Made 140 pounds for the first time since his loss to Josh Taylor in 2019. So he's had a couple of fights just above 140 since then. And he's kind of been taking it easy. I think he's ready to get serious again here in 2022. I think Progray is is ready to dig back in. That's the vibe I got from him in this fight uh, with this performance. Sonny Edwards. Scores a unanimous decision win over Mohamed Wasim. This was the third defense of Edwards' IBF flyweight title. Look, you got to give Edwards credit. He, he can't punch through a wet paper bag. He's not a power puncher by any means, but the guy's got some slickness. He's got some skills. He is among the best flyweights in the world. He's on a pretty nice run over the last couple years. Um, the, the only issue is the other top uh, flyweights, whether it be Julio Cesar Martinez, or uh, Junto Nakatani. Those guys have power. And I think that's right now, it sets them apart from Edwards. So that's why I put Edwards number three in that division. In terms of overall boxing skill, he might be number one, but because of the lack of power, I rate those two fighters over him at this point in time. And then we come to the United States of America. Now let's start in top rank. Uh, they had a show at the Madison square garden theater, which is now called the Hulu theater. I guess I can't keep up with all these name changes, but this was a sellout, man. Um, I think that venue seats just over 5,000. And so the announced attendance for this card was 5,158, which for two prospects, because that's who fought on this card. That's impressive in top rank is has desperately sought out Puerto Rican talent in recent years, right? they, they love promoting Puerto Rican fighters in and around the New York City area. They love it. And and they have a built-in business model to do that. They have uh, media connections and everything in that community, in that market. They know how to promote those shows. They do well. So Edgar Berlenga and Zander Zayas were the two uh, fighters of note. There were some other prospects on this card. A bunch of young top-ranked prospects, including other Puerto Rican prospects that fought on this card. So a uh, very smart uh, business from top Rank's point of view. They really, again, they know how to promote fighters of different backgrounds, uh, social backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds in different areas of the United States. They do a very, very good job of this. All right. In the co-main, Xander Zayas improved to 13-0, nine knockouts uh, with a unanimous decision win and an eight rounder over Quincy Levias, uh, Zayas, 19 years old, born in Puerto Rico, but now based in suburban Miami. Uh, he is in sunrise, Florida, I think, which is, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes, uh, North or so of Miami. Uh, always remember sunrise, Florida. Cause I visited Miami once for business and I had a great, great time. Um, ended up going out with two girls. At a bar in Sunrise, Florida, and it ended up being a very good night. Um, that's all I'll say about that right here. And I just remember Sunrise. Who's, who's ever heard of Sunrise, Florida? Well, I'll never forget it because I had a wonderful evening. Um, anyway, that's where is based out of. 154 pound prospect who will probably settle in as a contender uh, 154, 160. Okay, he's, that's where he's going to settle in by his early 20s. And this kid could even fight up to 168 at one point late in his career if he sticks around that long. Great potential star there. But as I keep saying over and over and over with these young guys, everyone has to be patient. Let the kid develop. He's only 19. The best thing for Zayas this year is if he gets in the ring at least four times, if not five times. That's what top ranks should be doing. They should keep this kid busy. In the main event... Edgar Berlanga goes the distance, the 10-round distance with Steve Rolls. And now um, Boxing Twitter this weekend really, really went off on this fight. Really, really beat up on Edgar Berlanga. Um, I had some criticisms for a top rank because I swear this main event went on at like 1 a.m. or something Sunday morning. And I had to get up and spar Sunday. I had a long day of training Saturday Last thing I wanted to do was stay up till freaking 1 a.m. to watch Edgar Berlanga in a showcase matchup because let's be honest, we all knew this was a matchmaking from Top Rank designed specifically to get Berlanga rounds, very competitive rounds, but he was probably going to get the decision. That's that's what this was, and I just didn't need to stay up and I didn't need to see Mark Kriegel. I got nothing against Mark Kriegel. I, I think he does a fantastic job if you're into what he does. But the the vignettes over and over and over every single broadcast, we have to learn about, you know, what color shit, what shade of shit the guy shot that fucking morning before the fight. I don't care. At some point, I just want to see the damn fight. And top rank is the worst offender here. All promoters need to change the way that they do this stuff. But top rank is just by far the worst. And they are on ESPN, and ESPN is in the business of, well, I'm not going to get political, but they're not really a sports network. It's more about these little vignettes and these little uh, tear jerker things and, you know, tug at your heartstring little episodes than the actual sports. That's what they do, right? And it's about all this political stuff. So I, I get why they go there. But man, guys, a typical boxing broadcast, if you're going to have, three, four, five, six fights, especially if it's all prospects and, and showcase fights, it should be an hour and a half long, two hours long max, including all the commercials and all the filler material. It shouldn't feel like it's been going on for six fucking hours. Like I felt these top rank shows feel like you're watching the Super Bowl in terms of all the pre-show stuff, the pre-game shows. I mean, um, it, it just drags on too long. And you're doing all this for a fucking showcase matchup. So, it's Top Rank, please clean some of that shit up. When you're really tired and you're staying up just to watch something, the last thing you want to see is delays and filler material. It's really, really aggravating. And the diehard fan base, and that's who's tuning in to shows like this, it's not the casual fans. Yeah, there were some casual Puerto Rican-American fans. I, yeah, I get that. But for the most part, it's the diehard fans tuning into this shit. They don't care. They just don't care. Just get to it. Anyway, Edgar Berlanga squeezes by Steve Rolls. Uh, the judges had it 97-93 twice. And Frank Lombardi, um, I thought I liked his score better, 96-94. I thought that was a reasonable score. The other two judges, uh, 97-93, that's, just, that's a little too wide for me. You can make an argument that this fight was a draw. Did I see Steve Rolls winning this fight? No and I'll get to why, okay? But you could make an argument for a draw, all right? Um, Let's go over punch numbers because I know you guys love it. Berlanga, 120 of 314 for 38%. Rolls, 123 of 447 for 27%. In terms of jabs connected and power punches connected, pretty much negligible, pretty close, okay? What's interesting, is that Berlanga who's definitely the more crude of the two and just goes for the knockout and power like hard shots, he threw less a uh, 130 some odd less punches than rolls yet was more accurate. So uh, his punches were he was more accurate with his power punching and his jabs and his jabs and power punching had more effect. there was a little more on them. Um, rolls was always on the back foot. And just touching the guy and trying to stay away, playing keep away, particularly in the later rounds Rolls did really good work to win four rounds in this fight, you can make an argument for five rounds, you could do that close competitive fight. But I thought Berlanga edged it, I was cool with the decision, I thought two of the scores were a bit too wide, but he was the house fighter can't say I'm surprised. So boxing Twitter blew the fuck up. Just, oh my God, Berlanga sucks. He's the worst thing ever. He's a complete hype job. Oh my God. Oh my God. These are the, a lot of you, a lot of you, not all, but a lot, there's the same people that during his 16 fight knockout streak, oh my God, this guy's the next big thing. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's just, it's so funny the way you guys fall. Some of you fall for promotional hype jobs, hype machines. And then when the the rails fall off a little bit, you just completely jump off the fucking train. It's not like you just cautiously hang on to see what happens and and you wait it out. Just, oh my God, now it's time to jump off the train. Look, man, here's the truth about Edgar Berlanga. In his first five years as a pro fighter, 2016 through 2020, five years, he fought 16 times. He didn't even go 16 rounds, okay? So not even 16 rounds from 2016 to 2020, about a five-year period, not even 16 rounds. He's in his last 11 months, in the last, not even a full calendar year, he has fought three times, 28 rounds. Let me repeat that because I think, I think it's, it's, it's very telling from 2016 to 2020, almost five years in a span. 16 fights, 16 rounds, not even 16 rounds because these didn't go the full round. So about 10 rounds total, let's say, in about five years. In his last three fights, hasn't even been a full calendar year. It's been about 11 months, 28 rounds. So Top Rank does an outstanding job of building prospects, but they're so desperate to have the next big Puerto Rican star that they really fucked this kid up. These last three fights that went 28 rounds, that's what the kid needed in his fourth, fifth, and sixth pro fights, not his 17th, 18th, and 19th first pro fights. You see what I'm saying? This should have happened. I talked about he he went pro in 2016. Through 2020, he has that knockout streak. This level of matchups, this kid should have been in with this level of opposition, maybe 2018. Maybe give him a couple years of layups, 2016, 2017. Okay. But, man, by the end of 2017 and the 2018, we should have seen this level of matchmaking. That's when he needed to start going rounds. But when you build up this hype train, and I, it's it just the ESPN commentary, again, I like several of the guys on that show, and I think several of them are outstanding guys and and um, do a great job. And like Bernardo Osuna, I don't even – put him in with this in the same category as the other guys. Cause I think he's one of the best in the business period. But the other guys, they, they always have something to hype up. They're always hyping something up. And instead of just showing the fucking fight, it, it's just, it's, there's always some angle. And with Berlanga, it was, you know, first round knockout. Yeah. I would probably beat several of the guys he knocked out. Now maybe they'd take me the distance or something, you know, but like I could probably beat some of them. So it's it's not saying much if my old ass could beat some of them. You know, it's not really saying that much. So I just think it messed this kid up a little bit. And now he's going to be facing all of this um, backlash on social media. And He's a young guy and he's active on social. So he's seeing this stuff and that's going to be working on him. But the fact that he went to distance with Steve Rolls, I'm not surprised And I I don't think it's that big of a deal. This is the development that a prospect like him should be having. And people were saying, man, Rolls really uh, landed punches too easy. He landed the right hand. Yeah, but he also missed a lot of punches. As I stated before, Berlanga landed 38% of his. Rolls only landed 27% of his. That's, you know, 27% ain't bad, but it's not as if he was teeing off on the dude and landed 50% of his power punches. He landed about a quarter of them. So I think people are being a little too harsh. And some of you were looking at Berlanga as a contender or something. He's not, he's just a prospect. He is on the same level as every other prospect in the sport. Forget about the first 16 fights. They were fucking worthless. As far as I'm concerned, Edgar Berlanga is 3-0. and That's how I look at his career right now. He's 3-0. and He is a high-level 3-0 and prospect. So just chill out. Everyone relax. Uh, another thing about Steve Rose, he doesn't belong at super middleweight, needs to drop back down to middleweight where he started his career. He'd do much, much better there. He'd have to sacrifice a little more in camp, but he'd fare better at middleweight. I actually think there's a couple of top middleweights that he'd trouble. I, I, I really do. He could get in there with a guy like um, Jaime Munguia or something at 160 and give him some good rounds. Demetrius Andrade, Jamal Charlo. I think he can go the distance with those guys and give him real rounds that they desperately need in that division. So um, the only guy that bludgeoned him and stopped him was Gennady Golovkin. Well, that's 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 a very, very uh, high level of comparison. So if, if those of you who are expecting Berlanga to get in there and knock this guy out, like, like come on, dude. Pump the brakes. You're comparing a prospect to a first ballot hall of fame level fighter. Chill with that. All right. Enough of that. We'll talk more about it later. Um, let's go over to the West Coast, Los Angeles, Golden Boy promotions at the USC Galen Center. And this was broadcast on the zone, of course. Virgil Ortiz uh sold a lot of tickets. He had a lot of fans that were gonna go there and see him fight, but unfortunately couldn't fight. So um this show, you know, it, it really, really got ruined. Um, but there were Diehard fans that showed up. The crowd was sparse, but for those who showed up, they had some fun fights, and I'm sure it was a good time. Uh, the, if I still lived in LA, I would have been there. This is right down the street from where I used to live. So, uh, Beck Taber, to Boli, got a KO2 win. He's uh, continuing to rebuild after that tough, devastating loss to Gabe Rosado last year. Uh, talk about stinking to join out, though, man. Michael McKinson, unanimous decision win over. Alex Martin the a 10-rounder. The crowd was booing throughout. I mean, th- those two guys, their style, what they brought, in fighting in L.A., uh, yeah, dude, you can't bring that to L.A. You're going to get booed out of the place. I feel for Michael McKinson because he had like 5,000 replacement opponents. He had a very particular style in mind that he had prepared for. And then Alex Martin comes in who fights absolutely nothing like Virgil Ortiz, uh, fights absolutely nothing like the first uh, replacement opponent McKinson was supposed to fight. So I get it. Just win, baby. Right. That's the expression. Just win, baby. And he did. So he gets a W here, moves on, but it wasn't exactly the uh, American debut he wanted to make. In the main event, Alexis Rocha uh, dropped Blair Cobbs in the eighth round and then um, stopped him standing. Scoring the KO9 win. This was West Coast versus East Coast. And uh, most of the time when those matchups happen now, the West Coast is going to win. Just much, much better gyms, much better amateur system right now on the West Coast in the U.S. of A. So, um, look, uh, Blair Cobbs did pretty well. He did what he was supposed to do. He really saved this card in a lot of ways and deserves a lot of credit. um, Because with his um, antics and his WWE, personality and stuff he kind of hyped this fight up a little bit um Alexis Rocha Blair Cobbs not exactly household names they weren't going to sell this place out on their own but for Rocha this was a good W and um you know he's somebody to keep an eye on he has improved vastly since that lone defeat to Rashidi Ellis what was that a year or two ago so um sometimes the best thing for a young fighter is a loss like that you know he didn't get beat up he didn't get completely outclassed he just it showed that he needed to tighten some things up and he has he's changed uh, some things he does in training and he's trained uh, or uh, changed a lot of things that he does in the ring uh, while he's fighting so I think it's cool that he's shown that kind of improvement he's a guy to keep an eye on do I see like a future pound for pound level star anything no I don't but I see a guy who can really really make for some interesting fights in a couple different divisions over the next five or so years. So he's definitely a guy to to keep an eye on. And for uh, Blair Cobbs, again, uh, he is what he is, right? His personality is going to get him into certain fights uh, and, and make fans interested in seeing him and stuff. He's going to be a diehard fan favorite kind of fighter, especially if he can make for entertaining fights. Um, but he's just not on this that level he's just not on that level he's not that level of fighter and there's nothing wrong with that absolutely nothing wrong with that all right so let's see here i thought i missed a super chat let's go back and catch that oh super chat from taurine fog thank you so much brother he says it's time for top rank to cash out berlanga versus nico ali walsh during the puerto rican parade i've seen enough to know berlanga ain't got it damn dude that would be uh what division is Walsh? I can't even remember. That's bad. That they don't know that. Um, let me let me just check. Let me see what division is he a super middle? He's a middle. So if uh, if Ali wants to move up to super middle, perhaps that could happen. Because uh, I don't see Berlango moving down. But um, yeah, that would be interesting. That, how would you even promote that? Um, it, Muhammad Ali's grandson versus the sixteen. First round knockout KO streak, man. Um, I, God, I just, the commentary would drive me insane. But look, man, I'm not ready to say top rank should cash out on Berlanga because here's the thing. This was a very cheap card to produce that they just did up there. A very cheap card to produce. If you look at the opponents and the names on this card, not very expensive, right? Not exactly an expensive card to put on. And there was a little bit of international money involved that they got on the back end. Not a whole hell of a lot, but a little bit. But they sold over 5,000 tickets in the Hulu Theater in New York. So, yeah, I don't think they're going to cash out on this, this kid anytime soon. I think they just need to keep developing him, man. And uh, again, I look at Berlanga as 3-0 and because those first 16 fights didn't mean dick. Shamu... Says uh, Berlanga cannot cut off the ring and does not go to the body. We'll see. There's two things he can work on. <laughs> I mean, you're right. You're right. But um, th- those are two things that he can work on. And like, those are the things he should have been working on during the first 16 fights. But he just went out there and clobbered dudes. And some of those knockouts, in fact, a lot of them, it's not like they were one punch knockouts. It was the ref waving shit off, you know, that sort of thing. And um, it just wasn't, it, it just wasn't developing him at all. So he, he's got to kind of learn some things. Sal says, Boo Boo demolishes Berlanga. Yeah, Boo Boo would chop him up. He would chop him up. Uh, out the front door says, Berlanga hasn't shown any improvement in his last three fights. Hmm. Now that's an interesting point. He's shown a little bit, a little bit, but you're right. Not a whole hell of a lot. So that is concerning. But again, give it a few more fights and let's see. Uh, my man, Stephen Breadman Edwards made a really good point on Twitter this week. And he said, look, man, uh, top rank knows what they're doing when they develop prospects. They do it better than anybody. He said this in a tweet, I'm paraphrasing. And uh, people were, you know, really, they had um, checked out on Shakur Stevenson and guys like that. But look at how top rank developed him. And now everyone's super high on Shakur Stevenson because, you know, he kind of stunk it out in a few performances early on. He didn't look very steady. His legs look kind of weak and just kind of look Gumby-ish, you know, uh, like a heart. Do I see, and have I ever seen Berlanga being on the level of Stevenson? Absolutely not. You guys go back and listen to the show. At no point have I ever said in, in, in any episode of this show that I thought Berlanga was a future pound for pound superstar. We see that in Stevenson. We see that, you know, he's got that kind of potential. But the the, the point is, People get so hot and so cold, right? What did I say last week? So hard or so soft. Some of you just need to chill and just, just stay mild-tempered and just watch things play out, you know? Ignore the hype. I, and I know it's annoying listening to these promoters talk because everything's just hype, 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 you know? And it's 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 aggravating to listen to as a fan, especially a knowledgeable diehard fan who can tell the difference between a pretender and a contender. I get it. Sometimes you just got to mute that shit, mute that shit and watch it or, or watch a broadcast in a different language. You don't speak, pick up, pick up a, a stream in, in Russian. If you don't speak Russian or, or watch the Spanish language uh, broadcast, if you don't speak Spanish, that will make it easier for you. Trust me. I've done such things before. I can't listen to the Spanish one because I pick up on enough words. It's close enough to Italian. It's, it's Latin But sometimes I will literally pick up a feed in a language. I don't even know what the hell it is. And I'll watch the fight there. It's so much more enjoyable. It's also interesting to hear how different cultures commentate fights. Some are really, really boring. I mean, it it sounds like golf. (laughs) And some are really, really passionate, overly passionate. And then, you know, most are kind of in the middle somewhere uh sales says uh props to blair warrior yeah man he again i think he saved that card and he deserves credit he brought it and made it for a fun fight Torin says I can't win many fights with just a basic one two i hear you you can as a heavyweight i mean lennox lewis vladimir klitschko guys like that. basic one twos jabs throwing the two every now and then a little hook off the jab you can dominate fights if you know how to do that shit the right way. What does Usyk do? Usyk's footwork is, um, you know, amazing, but it's still basic one twos. It's straight shots down the middle. So, lo- look at the uh, super middleweight division. Guys like Saunders, Smith. I'm not saying these guys are Hall of Fame, but they won titles. Basic one two, dude. What does Caleb Plant do? So I, I think Berlanga, if he could develop a few things, say. Hey, Got to remember, uh, Bob Arum and Top Rank, they own the WBO. So the second that title becomes vacant, he might have an opportunity. Uh, let's see. Omar Rodriguez says, uh, Montero, if you could pick one thing that Berlanga should improve immediately, what would it be? You know, man, um, I, I could go into a big technical thing and talk about all these little technical things with him. I think the the biggest thing with him, in, in and I think he's getting it. I I do. I think it's just mentality. It's stop loading up. Stop loading up. Just use your height and length and work behind the jab. If the knockout happens, it happens. But he loads up so much, and he really, really wants to hurt his opponent, which is good. I I, I love that instinct in a fighter. But, dude, just work. Just work. Just trust your instincts and work. And then start to implement different things and start to work on different things. Start to add different elements. In this fight with with Rose, you what, 10 rounds? See what's working the first couple rounds. Okay, let's add this. Let's add that. Let's change this. Let's change that. You got different rounds. It's like when you're sparring, you know. You know, if you're a week or two before a fight, you're just sparring. No holds barred. just going hard. But, you know, earlier in camp when you're sparring, you're working on different shit like, I'm going to work on footwork today. I'm going to circle today. I'm not going to back up. I'm going to circle or move forward. I'm not going to back up one fucking step in sparring today. Or I'm, I'm working on, on catching the jab. I'm working on getting under the right hand and coming up top. Whatever it is, you work on things, right? And um, that, that's what he needs to do, man. Just, just paint by numbers, basic boxing. I just feel like um, he's just thinking a little too much. It, I feel like he's like, I could get more power. If I do this, I could get more leverage. If I do that, it's like, dude, just, just be, just be, just fight. That's it. <clears throat> Rolls rod says uh, love rekindled on press row Saturday night, Doug and Kim sitting together. Great to see. Yeah. As far as I know, Doug and Steve are always cool, but um, that would have been fun, man. Yeah. If I, again, if I would have been in town, that would have been one of those where it's, you're not there for the crowd. You know, it's not going to be a big crowd. Just, it's just diehard degenerates saying hi to each other and catching up. And I love events like that. Um, Cause I saw a bunch of my old, you know, LA friends uh, posting, you know, cause they were there, you know, posting stuff on like Instagram or whatever. And um, I could tell that it was just that kind of crowd where it was just fellow boxing degenerates and the only people that were there and like family members of the fighters and girlfriends and shit. That was it, you know, and um, that sometimes those are the most fun nights, you know, when you got that credential and you could just walk around the whole arena, go down to the locker rooms, go up top and talk to fans and, and talk to uh, talk to everybody and just, it's just, just kind of hanging out. Um, those were some of my most fun memories uh, for the, some of those LA cards. Because this was basically a club-level show after Virgil Ortiz pulled out, right? And those are my most fun um, events sometimes uh, to attend. Omar says, uh, Blair Cobbs versus Adrian Broner. Sign me up for that shit, dude. Sign me up for that shit. That would be a lot of fun. Jack Alter says, as overrated as Berlanga is, he murders Ali. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> nice kid, but you know, yeah, you're right. <clears throat> Brad says, uh, Chris Colbert found out the hard way Dominican Republic fighters can throw down. Oh, hell yeah. DR fighters got it, baby. They, they can fight. Tough dudes, man. Tough dudes. Chad in the chest says, Berlango wants to be exciting, but he is trying too hard. There you go, man. You, you said it way more eloquently than I did. Uh, he just needs to just just box just, just stop looking for this big shot for this perfect shot and just be in the moment uh, don't overthink it look your opponent in the eye so you see what's coming and just take what he's giving you and respond touch 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 you keep doing that you keep throwing two three punch combinations that second third fourth punch it's going to start connecting and at some point you're going to land something During an exchange, that homeboy doesn't see coming, it's going to hurt him. And that's how knockouts are supposed to happen. You know, uh, you can't force it, especially on a guy like Steve Rolls, Um, unless you're a fighter like Gennady Golovkin, you know, uh, on that level. But that's a different level, a whole other level of experience and everything else. So, you you know, you have to know how to deliver that knockout. And sometimes that really is the hardest part. It really, truly is. HLD says Montero, are we going to see Team, uh, team Haney uh, fucked up, fucked this up like Oscar did with Mungia versus Charlotte? Now that Loma decided to stay and defend his country, they have been offered the same deal as Loma. Yeah, I, I don't know. Here's so I've heard that both Usyk and Lomachenko have been given the okay. Now, who knows? It's social media, you know. But I've seen posts that they've been given the nod to, hey, guys, thanks for your help, for your efforts. Go forward with your fights. So I haven't heard anything, you know, verifiable, but apparently that's, that's been the disgust. Like, hey, you guys, get out of here. It's great that you're here helping out, but go prepare for your next fight. So we'll see what happens, but um, nothing's signed yet, dude. Nothing is written in stone. But yeah, if it weren't for this Ukrainian conflict, we'd already, like, Lomachenko-Kambosis would have already been announced, all right? I can say that on the record now. <clears throat> in my opinion, uh, how about that? I'll say in my opinion, because I, I, I have to add that little caveat to it. Uh, Shamu says, uh, top rank vignettes are annoying, but the worst commentary in boxing is zone. Mannix and Mora are horrible. I know Spanish, so I watched the Spanish broadcast. They are on point. Yeah, one foot out the door says blaming the zone seems like a cop-out excuse on why the fight isn't happening regarding Mungia Charlo. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what to make of it. Um, it's a difficult situation for uh as I told you guys, I think last last week, uh Golden Boy, you know, they're still they're negotiating a renewal with the zone and stuff. So it's it's a touchy situation. And Mungia is one of the top guys. You don't want to just push them over to fight on another network right now when you're negotiating with the zone. You're trying to set things up for the future with one of your top guys. So um, my thing is this, why would it, if it involves a PBC fighter, why does it always have to be that the PBC fighter has to fight on Fox or Showtime? That's it. They can never, ever, ever bend. And we've seen guys on other platforms bend a little, not a lot, certainly not a lot, but it always seems like it always has to go in one direction. That's not cool. All right, let's get into this preview. So we are hoping to have Kenny Porter on. Let me check my text real quick. But I told you guys about sparring. You know how it goes. Um, so look, if if um, if if we can't get Kenny on today, then um, I'll get him later in the week. Okay, and I'll just post like an interview on my channel. So you guys can just go to my YouTube channel. And check that out, but we'll hang on a little bit for Kenny. Uh, in the meantime, we will preview a loaded weekend of fights. so uh, starting friday march twenty five Probellum has another untelevised card that nobody cares about. I really don't know what the fuck Probellum's doing right now. I get it. they're just starting out. They've got some money being thrown at them right now, but you got to televise your fucking cards, guys. you got to make your cards available to the consumer, and the consumer now is global, and they're online. they're on streaming platforms so Get on it. Had to mention that. Saturday, March 26th, we got a bunch of stuff. In Mesquite, Texas, Eric Morales. You heard that correct. Eric Morales, El Terrible, is going up against Orlando Siri Salido in a six-rounder. You believe this shit? Also on this card, apparently Marcos Maidana is going to fight Austin Trout and Mike Perez. Oh, I'm sorry. This, that's on a different card. That's in Dubai which again gets these weird shows out there. So I'll get to to Texas. I'll get back to Texas in a second, but I thought this was interesting. In Dubai, there's a card where Marcos Maidana's fighting, Austin Trout, and Mike Perez. Interesting. But back to Mesquite, Texas. Uh, Eric Morales has not fought since 2012. He's like 300 years old right now. And he's a legend. I love Eric Morales. But dude, Why? Why? (laughs) He hasn't fought literally in a decade. Last fight was 2012, and he had lost three of his last four. There is literally zero reason to be doing this. He's supposed to be working with fighters right now, right? So I, I don't, I just don't understand this. Orlando Salido has not fought in five years. His last fight was 2017. He was one, two, and two in his last five. So let me let me do some quick math here. <laughs> These fighters. Where were two, five, and seven in their combined last nine fights? Wait a second, I I jacked that up. No, 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 yeah, two, five, and two. That's it. Two, five, and two in their last nine fights. I, I just we just we just don't need to see this, but it's their life. Okay, uh, matchroom boxing as a card at the first direct arena in Leeds. Yorkshire, England, it is the rematch between Kiko Martinez and Josh Warrington uh, in the featherweight division for a featherweight belt. Martinez coming off that TKO6 win over Kid Galahad last November. He was 3-0 and last year. Now, two of those fights were against lower-level opposition. But, man, he had, last year is one of the best years, maybe the best year, when you consider all the intangibles, of Kiko Martinez's career. Very good year. Warrington last year was zero one in one two bouts with Mauricio Lara. Uh, he lost one and then was probably on his way to losing the rematch, if we're going to be honest. And then there was a technical draw because of a headbutt uh, that opened up a cut. So, um, listen, if you look at uh, the, uh, the recent record of these fighters on the surface, this looks like a super competitive fight where it's a 50-50 pick em fight. But I'm sorry. I think that what Martinez did last year was an anomaly. I think Warrington probably got a little overhyped and overrated, but it's still a a, a solid, good fighter, one of the better featherweights in the world. I think Warrington's going to win this fight big. I see him stopping Kiko Martinez. These two had a close fight, by the way, in 2017. This is a rematch. They fought five years ago. And I want to say it was like um, Warrington won by like two rounds or something like that, or maybe maybe three rounds, but it was competitive, you know. This fight, it's going to be competitive early, but I see Warrington just wearing Kiko down and stopping him. And then uh, over here in the United States of the USA, United States of America, top rank, doing another show in Las Vegas, Nevada, at uh, Resorts World Las Vegas. Uh, Miguel Burchelt <clears throat> going up against Namibia native Jeremiah Nakathila, 12 round lightweight fight. Uh, Burchelt coming off that KO 10 loss to Oscar Valdez last February. That was at 130. Nakathila, his second. This is his second fight back since his unanimous decision loss to uh, Shakur Stevenson last June. That was at 130. So both of these guys been at 130. Now they're doing this fight at 135 for Burchelt who I always thought was a tad overrated at 130, one of the better fighters, but he was ranked at like number one or number two at one point. I just didn't think he was on that level more like a number four, number five guy. And we saw that when he finally stepped up and fought Oscar Valdez. Um, But um, do I think that gaining five pounds suddenly is going to revitalize him and change him? I, I don't know. I don't know, but top rank knows what they're doing. And in terms of styles, In terms of styles and matchmaking, I think this will be a fun fight. I really, really do. I think this will be a fun fight, man. Uh, I don't know who to call in this. Like, I want to say Burchelt maybe by decision or something, but I don't know. Nakathila could take this. I think um, this is going to be a fun fight. And then also, uh, TGB Promotions promoting a PBC show that will be broadcast on Showtime from the Armory in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Tim Zhu. Going up against Terrell Gouche, uh, this is the biggest test of Zoo's young career. He is 20-0, 15 knockouts. Gouche, 22-2-1 with 11 knockouts. Zoo is 27 years old compared to 34 years old for Gouche. And in terms of size, Gouche is actually the bigger guy. He's 5'10", 73-inch reach. Zoo is 5'8", a little stockier, 72-inch reach. And, of course, this is a 12-round Junior middleweight fight. This will be the first fight for Tim Zoo, Zo's son, outside of his native Australia. So uh, that's interesting. There's a lot of pressure here, right? This is uh, he has a mandatory already, I think, for two of the four belts at 154, and of course those belts are going to be consolidated when Charlo, the good Charlo, and uh, castano do their rematch later this year. So Zoo has that title opportunity on the line later this year maybe early next year if they delay it whatever but he's got to win this fight and this is a big testing ground for him because not only is it his first fight outside of australia but it's his first fight in america no doubt when charlo beats castano because i think he's going to win on points in that fight i think he'll get this uh, decision um that fight's going to be in the united states i do not see charlo at all going to australia now, maybe if Castaño pulls it off, maybe Zoo can get that fight against him in Australia. But assuming that championship fight for him ends up in America, this is kind of a pre-fight hype to that fight, right? He's got to look good. He's got to pass the eye test. He's got to perform. And with Gachet, people forget this dude can fight. 2012 Olympian. He's only got two losses in his career, and they were to Iris Lara. An Erickson Lubin, a new, an improved, rejuvenated Erickson Lubin. He's never been stopped. I think he's been dropped once. I want to say Lara put him on his butt, flash knocked down one time. That's it. So Gouche is a good fighter, an underrated, underappreciated fighter. Not an elite level guy or anything like that. But in terms of experience, the guy has a ton of experience. Hundreds of rounds in the amateurs and now in the pro game, you know, he's got, what, 25 pro fights. So <clears throat> he brings a lot to the table for Tim Zhu, a lot. And I think this is going to be a tough fight. I'm, this is a fight that I'm very interested in seeing. If, there, if I'm going to watch any fight live this weekend, it's certainly this one. Zhu Gouche is the one to watch live, guys. So <clears throat> if you're busy and you got to figure out which one you want to watch live, my recommendation here on TNC is to catch this show, um, at least the main event, live. So. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it, guys. Man, that was a lot. And we gave Kenny about 15 minutes. Let me check my text one more time. Yeah, when they said that we were going to come on after sparring, I knew that that probably wasn't the best uh, plan. So real quick, we got a super chat from Sam. Thank you so much, Sam. He says, I think Lara beating him ruined him. Kiko by KO. Oh, you're talking about Warrington. Uh, So you're talking about Mauricio Lara beating Warrington ruined him. Kiko by KO. Damn, that would be big, dude. Listen, if Kiko Martinez gets a KO over Warrington this weekend, that's a hell of a run by him. A hell of a run. Sam also says, uh, also Valdez ruined Burchelt. Those were beatings for the ages. We shall see. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, Nakathila could win that fight. You know, Burchelt is, I guess, the the A side technically, um, but he could win that damn fight. I'm telling you right now, and I think that's going to be fun. All right, we are about an hour in. Uh, if uh, Kenny doesn't jump on here in the next couple of minutes, guys, we're just gonna we're just gonna end the show. And uh, I'm sorry, no phones today. I thought we'd have Kenny on, but you know how these things go, man. It's touch and go with this stuff. <clears throat> Let's see here. Rolls Rod says, likes not reflecting chat numbers. Tap that shit. I like Rolls Rod. I like that. Nigel in the chat. Nigel says, uh, Zoo needs to knock his opponent out. The PBC will try to screw him out of his Mantos spot. It's in the same town. The Fox fight scandal happened. Oh, that's, a, yeah, that's true. Alanis Fox. Did get screwed there in Minneapolis, and they've actually had a couple of questionable scorecards up there in Minneapolis on some of these scorecards. So uh you're you know, that's you bring up a good point, brother. I will just I will add this: zoo the money, especially the international money, is with zoo. Money talks in this business, so I think he'll be safe. But you just never know. I agree with you. I agree with you. Nacho agrees, too. Nacho says, uh, agree, don't leave it in the judges' hands. Your best judges in this game are lefty and righty. Those are your your best judges. Eric Gomez uh, says, Minneapolis and Al Heyman have a cushy situation with the owner of the venue. Yeah, that's right. And if I'm not mistaken... The owner of the venue, do they know somebody at the WBA? Or I, there, there's some sort of connection through the WBA as well, as it relates to that Atlantis Fox situation. Eh, I can't remember for sure off the top of my head. But it is a little, it is a little shady. I would definitely be a little nervous. Yeah, you know, that's another thing, too. Where's I think Gushea is from Ohio? Let me check this. Let me make sure, because I want to make sure I get this right. But Tim is from Australia, right? I just. Why is this in Minnesota? I just, <clears throat> like, if you're going to, yeah, 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 Okay, I'm just checking right here. So Gachet is from Cleveland, Ohio, and he's now based out of California. That's where he lives and trains now. So why are you having this fight in Minneapolis? An Australian guy, a California-based Ohio native, fighting in Minneapolis. Yeah, whatever. I've seen crazier things. I've seen crazier things. All right, guys, I guess uh, I guess Kenny ain't going to make it. Like I said, uh, we will I'll, – I'll touch base with him, and I'll do an interview later in the week, and um, I'll post it on my YouTube channel. So just look for it there. All right, guys, uh, other than that, I will see you Friday on my channel for uh, the Friday wrap-up. And then this Saturday, the Underground Showdown is going down. So if you guys can check that out. Your boy will be doing the live commentary for the WBC live channel broadcast. There it is. Be from the Buckhead Fight Club right here in uh, Atlanta. And um, you want to hear me on the mic? Hey, check it out. It's free. Just go to the WBC live channel. User pass takes about 10 seconds and you got access. All right, guys, that's it. Have a great week and see you Friday. Peace.